hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of How I Built It. In today's episode, I talk to Abby Pearl, the founder of the Diverse Gaming Coalition. I met Abby at WordCamp Lancaster 2018, and I was impressed by what she's accomplished at such a young age. She started her nonprofit organization to raise awareness and help victims of bullying through the help of the video game community. I love video games. I love helping people. It's such a great cause. And we'll get into that cause in a minute. But first, I need to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon and Creator Courses. I'll tell you all about Pantheon a little bit later on in the show. So let's get to Creator Courses. Creator Courses is a website dedicated to teaching you how to build on the web. Their catalog of courses is continually growing and it's becoming the best place to learn how to build specific projects with task-based objectives. You will always learn by doing. Currently, you can learn how the new WordPress editor works with their Introduction to Gutenberg course. This is great if you want to teach yourself or teach your clients. Just head over to buildpodcast.net slash Gutenberg and use build it at checkout for 40% off. That's buildpodcast.net slash Gutenberg and the code buildit, B-U-I-L-D-I-T. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Abby Sager of the Diverse Gaming Coalition. Abby, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am fantastic. Thanks so much for joining me today. I met Abby at WordCamp Lancaster 2018, and it was, we had, well, we went on a Chipotle adventure, right? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and after getting to know Abby a little bit better, I decided that she should definitely be on the podcast. So thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what the Diverse Gaming Coalition is and, and how you came up with the idea? Yeah, so I'm a current college student. I'm about to end my sophomore year of college at Southern New Hampshire University Online, which everyone always asks me about online school, and I love it. It's great. But I'm currently studying nonprofit management. Uh, it's a business administration degree, and with that degree, I work on my nonprofit diverse gaming coalition, and I started that about two years ago now, and I started that after my junior year of high school. I dropped out in the middle of it because of a lot of factors, one of them being intense bullying. And I received my GED. And instead of just getting my GED and moving on to the next step in life, I wanted to create something that I can use to help others. So that's why I created Diverse Gaming Coalition. And now I'm here a few years later working on coalition we go to a lot of conventions and 
stuff like word camps just to speak about, you know, kindness, compassion, bullying, harassment, other in-between topics. Gotcha, man. So this is a, a really interesting topic to me. I'm a, uh, let's see, I think we figured out that I'm like a whole person of age older than you, at least. So when I, you know, when I was in high school, yes, there was bullying, but the notion of, of things like cyberbullying, you know, or to the scale uh, or anonymity that we have today like wasn't even a thing on the radar like somebody would pick on me for being like short and then i would have a friend who would step in who was not short and bigger than the person bullying me and so you know i was bullied as a kid but i also had friends that always had my back which is you know it's not as easy to see online so i think this is a really interesting and admirable project so uh, I guess I guess my my question from here is you kind of experienced this firsthand. At what point did you decide, you know, this is a cause that I really need to get behind to start the 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 coalition? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I grew up with social media whereas you didn't. Around middle school is when the craze kind of started for me. I'm only 18, so that wasn't that long ago. And with social media People were learning about it and, you know, new features, and it's so more complex now. But then the anonymity behind it was, and still is today, just so intense. You know, back then a big thing was Ask FM, and now there's that Sahara website. I don't know actually how to pronounce it. But besides the point, those are huge platforms where they're, the point of the platforms is to be anonymous and mm -hmm. it's just crazy how things work. But I realized that this was an issue. I always realized it was an issue, but I never saw how serious it was until I would say the beginning of freshman year of high school till me and my friends really got into it to the extreme and, you know, we were posting, like, what we were doing that weekend, having fun with our friends or whatever. And when we really got into it is when we really noticed that it could get very intense. People can say whatever they want on there, do whatever they want. So the social media bullying happened around that time as well for me. And I noticed this was a big issue that I wanted to fix. So I started on my social media, I started, you know, promoting kindness on my social media, trying not to inflict negativity on there whatsoever. Because, at least for me, when I scroll through my social media feed, there's always something negative on there. And I feel like that could get someone off so easily, depending on what the topic is. Because, you know, people could talk about anything on, for example, Facebook. So the whole thing for me was positivity and trying to avoid conflicts and stuff. But Besides the point, again, it was a big thing and it's still a big thing. More so now, adults are getting into kind of the back and forth aggression, so to speak. So it's just crazy how things have shifted in the past couple of years. I was in middle school like six years ago. So, yeah, it, it's just crazy how things have shifted. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so... I'm 32 years old, so I'm not quite a person of age older than you, but I just need to clarify that for everybody as I'm you know, <laughs> losing my hair. But around the Super Bowl, so I'm a New Yorker living near Philadelphia, and I made a joke that 
Eagles fans in particular are the meanest people on the planet. And a, a sports blog retweeted that. And what happened over the next 12 hours was the meanest, the, like they all proved their point. Yeah. Uh, people told me I need to kill myself and that I, you know, I don't, des- I'm not a man and I am a well adjusted adult male. And it started to have an effect on me. I can't even imagine what, like, me as a teenager or somebody who's constantly subjected to this goes through. Like, by the morning, people were still tweeting me, and I'm like, I can't handle this anymore. Like, I deleted the tweet. I blocked a bunch of things. I just, like, turned Twitter off for mm-hmm. the day. And and that was over a very short amount of time. So, you know, it says on your website, the Diverse Gaming Coalition is dedicated to fight for a change in online and real-life communities. Uh, what are some of the things that you do for that to fight for that so we're very big advocacy organization so a lot of what we do or go back a little bit what i have noticed with a lot of anti-bullying initiatives is that they don't really cater to young people at all so social media is changing and it's also fairly new so For example, when I was in high school, we would always have these anti-bullying assemblies, but it would always be older people teaching us about anti-bullying when it's so versatile. So we like to say we're the no BS organization because really, if you try to teach these kids who are prone to, you know, saying mean things, we all learn from our mistakes. We all do stuff like that sometimes, but... These kids are prone to that, and when you kind of go around the point and try to make things, you know, like, so, you know, easy and say, well, just don't say mean things, be helpful to one another, and just make it so dry and boring, it's not going to get to anyone. So, again, our whole thing is just truthful advocacy, so... Currently, one way we do that is through our anti-bullying comic book called Life on the Outside that just released this month. It's a story that follows a non-binary teenager in a high school setting going through a couple things, and it just follows a regular, typical high school story on bullying. But the point that is different is that, one, it focuses on bullying that actually happens, you know? It's not going to be a story about, you know, someone points and laughs and says a stupid name. It's going to be real to the point bullying. The other thing is that it's going to grab kids' attention. It's a comic book. That's something that kids like. At least that's what I like. Um, So it's, you know, implementing things that kids are going to like into a topic that may not be so fun to talk about is what is going to get kids involved. So that's the whole point behind our organization. We also do a lot of advocacy stuff on social media, on gaming platforms, because that's where a lot of bullying is prone to as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, there's the the empathy factor, kind of talking about things that people are, you know, especially kids, are actually experiencing. And then doing it in a medium which they are most likely to consume, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to like release a VHS tape of cyber bullying or whatever, yeah. you know, like one of those like old school TVs that get wheeled into the classroom, you know, that's yeah, like, and that's, that's happened not, before too. 
Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I went to a Catholic school and we are my religion teacher, my senior year, who was awesome. He was a great guy. Uh, but like one of the things that he did was play a tape of a rapping priest uh, who had a song called The Zipper Zone to like try to promote abstinence. And it was like super cheesy. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know like how well that connected with everybody, you know, like either they probably had their minds made up about abstinence by senior year. And I don't think a rapping priest is something that would have really connected with us. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's it's cool to see, you know, somebody I don't want to word this the wrong way. It's not cool to see somebody who's gone through this, but it's cool to see somebody who knows how to empathize and is being proactive about it, right? Obviously, you don't want to see people go through it, but people are going through it. And, and any way to help is, is obviously a good thing. Yeah. So the second question I generally ask here is, is what kind of research do you do? You know, this is, this is an outreach program. It's, it's a proactive thing to help those who are being bullied. There's a lot of psychology behind bullying, both for the bully and the bullied. But, you know, this, this seems like more of a grassroots kind of organization. Is that accurate? I don't want to diminish yes. what you're doing, but yes. So you, do you do like a lot of, do you do a lot of research or do you, are you really like boots on the ground talking to people who need help the most? Yeah, so we do a combination of both. Again, we're very advocacy, so we're always somewhere where there's a, always a group of people to talk to about this. But also me, as a millennial, I've experienced it and I understand it. So we're not too keen about like the hard facts, like surveys and percentages and all that, because we I feel like everyone knows that already mm-hmm. and is aware of that. So we're not too keen on that. We still use that research to alter the ways we approach our anti-bullying methods. But again, we're not too keen on that just because no kid cares about that. No one really cares about that. A bully's not going to listen to me say all these facts and then change their mind because they heard these facts. They're going to listen to me because I have this really cool comic book that showcases a person actually bullying someone and they could see themselves in that and they could really think about their lifestyle and their choices that they make and that stuff. So we're not too keen about the facts, although, again, we still use them to, you know, help aid our anti-bullying efforts. But again, when I like to talk to people i want it from the heart and i want to talk about my experience i want to talk about my comic book characters asher's experience because that's what people want to hear today's episode is brought to you by pantheon wordpress 5.0 and the new editor gutenberg are coming are you prepared do you want to learn about the changes in advance pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare including webinars and tutorials. Pantheon also has made it easy and free to try Gutenberg with your site before the official launch. Visit pantheon.io slash Gutenberg. Let them know that How I Built It sent you. And now, back to the show. Gotcha. Yeah, and that makes a ton of sense. Spouting statistics at somebody doesn't, again, going back to empathy, it doesn't help them empathize with the situation. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a math problem. I'm a person. I'm a mm-hmm. complex person. 
there are reasons why, you know, I mean, I have not been the nicest person in my youth to people online either. I wrote a very mean blog post when I was 18 or 17, and the person I wrote it about, while I didn't name her, knew it was about her, and and that hurt her. And I, you know, she, I regret that. I regret doing that today as an adult. And that was because I knew how to publish online at 17, where not everybody knew how to do that. Today, everybody knows how to do that. It's mm-hmm. very easy. So, and we're seeing it not just, you know, mean-spirited adults and, and kids. We're seeing it at several high offices. But yeah. this is not, this is, <laughs> well, this isn't a political podcast. I can't help but going to that. So, mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, there's the point being that there's a lot to combat today when it comes to cyberbullying. So this is this is a worthwhile and valiant effort here now to talk about kind of the tech side of things. Right. Because talking, you know, we talk about how how easy it is to publish online and say whatever you want online. And that is a double edged sword. Right. You get the you get the bad. But. I suspect that starting this non-for-profit was a bit easier thanks to the publishing tools we have today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so starting this non-profit, I can't say it was too easy, but if mm-hmm. I wanted to start it 10 years ago, it would have been a lot harder. It also right. wouldn't have been as viable because the online world wasn't really a thing yet. Mm-hmm. But besides the point, it was pretty easy in the sense that there was a lot of tools out there for me. So a lot of it was honestly thanks to Google. Uh, Google mm-hmm. is your friend, and <laughs> you learn you can learn a lot from Google. So googling things, very tedious things from like you know state and federal regulations for a nonprofit to building a website, all the way to just like you know buying like T-shirts that have our branding on it. It's mm-hmm. definitely a lot easier than it was years ago and definitely really helped me push myself to actually create this nonprofit. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's talk about the website specifically. Is this something that that you did or you had done, you worked with somebody to do? So my website, we are in the process of actually changing it right now, but when we started it, I had a little bit of help from a connection I met at a convention. I pretty much said you know, this is what I want. Is this possible? Because I've never built a website before. And Mm -hmm. it to me, it was like, total, like, you need to be a coding master to do this when that's not the case at all. But he pretty much did like the basic like layout for it. And then I, you know, added it, I pretty much edit it at least once a week, whether it's like a little tweak or like a big change. So that is what my website is is today and again we're in the process of changing it to a different platform gotcha so as we record this probably a couple of months before it comes out what platform are you on today well you have told the audience that we mended a word camp and i actually am on wix right now but i am going to wordpress ah nice that is a a common path right people start on wix Mm-hmm. or Squarespace, and they decide, I need some more flexibility, I'm going to go to WordPress. Mm-hmm. And Wix is a good starting point, because I tend to notice, like me, I didn't know anything about building a website at all. I tend to notice that the interface 
when building a website is a little bit more easier. But now that I know so much about building websites, it's like I see what WordPress is and I see, oh, this is easy because I'm used to Wix and I know like the Wix tools, I could learn WordPress pretty easy. But Wix has a handful of problems that we're trying to get away from. That's why we're going to WordPress. Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, again, that's a story that I hear a lot, right? Yeah. Wix out of the box is easier. There's a lot more guided setup mm-hmm. in Wix and Squarespace than there is on WordPress, where it's like, here it is, do whatever you want now. Where Wix, it's like, oh, you need to do this. Now you need to do this. Now here's your content. So absolutely. You know, I think anybody who says WordPress is easy has been in WordPress too long, or at least doesn't, let's say they don't speak to new users on a regular basis, right? Mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to do that as an educator. And, and you know, you're absolutely right. Wix is easier, but you're going to, I think you're going to enjoy uh, WordPress. So I'll, I'll link to the website in the show notes, uh, diversegaming.co. And hopefully by the time this comes out, you'll be on a brand new shiny platform. Yeah, hopefully. That's the, that's the goal. We're pretty busy next couple months with conventions, but that's the goal because honestly, I'm so excited to switch to WordPress, so we're probably going to have it out by then. But again, just WordPress is just so much nicer. Now that I know a lot more about building websites, it's just going to be a piece of cake. Nice. Very nice. So we are, let's see, we have about 10 minutes left. And uh, I want to ask you about something else that I don't often have the opportunity to ask my guests about. I noticed that you have a twitch.tv icon right on your website and you are called the diverse gaming coalition i assume that gaming is a part of of the stuff you do you mentioned that you reach out to people on gaming platforms mm-hmm. a lot of bullying obviously happens there i think the the bullying of evolved when i was a kid from just smack talk to being very mean spirited stuff now how are you using twitch maybe we can start with For those who don't know, explain what Twitch is, and then how are you using Twitch for outreach? Yeah, so Twitch is basically a streaming platform where people can stream anything from games to where they've recently added, they could stream people, you know, doodling their art or knitting or whatever it may be. It's so versatile now. It used to be just strictly games, but it's very versatile now. Um, They also have talk shows on there, but... What we do on Twitch, we actually have a project called Streaming for Good Initiative. And what we do on Twitch is we basically host uh, Twitch streamers that are using their platform for good. So there's a lot of negativity on Twitch, especially since it's a live broadcast. There's Mm -hmm. almost like no filter on that because people could broadcast for hours. So we like to showcase people using their platform for positivity diversity and that's what we do we'll host their streams on our twitch and we'll tweet about them here and there and promote them on our social media and our blog and stuff um we also are trying to roll out a weekly podcast slash talk show that's still very very in the works that's probably not going to be a thing for a while but that's our goal you know Again, to have a show that promotes positivity and inclusion, diversity, because there's not a lot of that on Twitch, and there definitely needs to be some of that on there. That's fantastic. I actually just came across a a gamer today at Ninja 
uh, I think is his his handle. It's a big one. Yeah, I I just heard about him today because he was on CNN Money. That's that's a statement mm-hmm. that makes me feel so old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, he yeah. just streamed with Drake and Travis Scott, so he's all over the news. And wow. now he's all over the news, not just because he was streaming with these famous people. He also broke a milestone for the most viewed Twitch stream ever with like six hundred thousand views. And now they're bringing up his salary and how much money he makes as well, which and sub- just in subscribers alone, I think his subscribers are $5 a month. Depending on where you are on Twitch, you the percentage of that money that you get changes. It's usually half, but I, I would assume he gets a little more because he's a popular streamer. So he makes like $250,000 or no, $25,000 a month just on subscribers. Wow. And that's like my whole salary right there. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's they were throwing around a pretty huge number. They weren't just talking about subscribers. They were talking about, I think, total everything. And it's it's quite a bit of money. Donations and everything, yes. Yeah. I will link that in the show notes as well. I but I really I mean you mentioned positivity in gaming and and I guess it was a bit serendipitous that I watched that this morning because he he was I feel a very positive influence. You know, he said that, you know, he said, I, I stayed, I stayed and I made sure my grades were good in school. Gaming was a bit of a reward to me and now I'm pursuing it. And, and just like a, a few other things that I really, you know, a lot of philanthropy and stuff like that. So if you know where to look, you can definitely find that positivity. And uh, it sounds like Diverse Gaming Coalition and Abby are bringing more of that to the forefront, which is always nice because even I play with my friends, like I'll play, well, Halo, I guess is an older one, but they weren't always very nice to me. So I I can see how, and I know my friends were joking, but, uh, yeah, but sometimes it's always, it's always different, especially when you're in the zone and in gaming, sometimes it could get too much as well. And I know that firsthand. So, you know, you're playing Halo and it's very intense combat. So, you know, it could get out of hand sometimes, but I definitely understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, so we're coming up on time here, and I want to ask you two questions. You know, I think you touched on this a little bit, but what are your plans for the future as as uh, Diverse Gaming Coalition evolves? So for the future, we are planning to talk in more schools and organizations. I brought up how assemblies are can be boring and just utter trash, but we want to change that. So we're planning to do more school assemblies. We're doing, we're also doing like libraries and summer camps. We're very versatile with that. We're also doing more conventions as well. So this will be out after we're already done with this, but we're going to PAX East in Boston in two weeks. And middle of May, there is Wizard World Comic Con in Philly. And then in June, there's Wizard World Comic Con in Columbus. So again, we're just very versatile. We do a lot of that. Also planning on, again, rolling out podcasts in the future and also getting more partnerships. We currently have a partnership with a big gaming organization, which is set to roll out pretty soon. We're doing an anti-bullying campaign. So that is hopefully going to be out by the time this podcast is out 
Fantastic. Well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of excellent work. So I will ask you my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Like secrets for like my organization? What's the, let's say the best piece of advice that you could pass on to the listeners? Yeah. So since I started this on my own by myself, I pretty much started with nothing and on a clean slate. I mean, I had some volunteer experience in the past and I've had some connections with organizations, but that was about it. So my secret is utilize a, I guess, if you're, say it's like a campaign or something you want to get like more organizations on board with, utilize like a mass email kind of thing. Email is also going to be your best friend. So create like a couple paragraphs that you could copy and paste into an email and just email like as many people as you could think of because in reality, only like 10% of people email you back. So when you do get that someone that does email you back, it could it could really help out. And I've made so many connections through email. So especially starting out, email has been my best friend. Utilize Twitter to find these people, Facebook, just a simple Google search could help you find people with similar interests that might be interested in your organization. Fantastic. Use email. And uh, I think I think there was a, another unstated nugget in there. Just ask, you know, get out there and mm-hmm. just ask people. Don't be scared to ask because a lot of people are. And if you ask, it could open so many doors for you. Even if that person can't help you, it could create another connection with someone else. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is a great note to end the show on. Abby, where can people find you? You can find our organization at diversegaming.co. All of our social media links will be at the top right of our page. You could also find me on Twitter at Abby Sager. Fantastic. I will link that in the show notes. And I will say one more note about the website. Uh, If you like the job and the mission of the Diverse Gaming Coalition, there is a link for how to get involved. Make sure to check that out. So Abby, thanks so much for your time. And thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Abby is doing some great things out there. And I really encourage you to check it out. I will have the link in the show notes uh, and and definitely take some time learn about them and if you can support a good cause i i love it uh and thanks again to our sponsors pantheon and creator courses definitely check them out as well both are teaching you all about gutenberg and wordpress 5.0 it's coming very soon and you need to know about it for all of the show notes head over to howibuilt.it slash 85 if you like the show Head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps people discover us. Thanks to you uh, rating and reviewing the show, we've consistently stayed in the top 35 podcast for tech, which is absolutely incredible. So thank you for that. Uh, you can also join the Facebook community over at howibuilt.it slash Facebook. I want to build a strong community over there for this podcast. Facebook is the place to do it. Thanks for joining me. And until next time, Get out there and build something.